Welcome in everyone to episode 66 of the Bowcats podcast. My name is Caleb Pang, joined by my co-host Speedish Chief 2. Yo, what's up, Caleb? Episode 66? Man, we're getting so close to the promised land, aren't we? You know, and you know, finally, we're actually on the right episode number. We had to like backtrack a little bit, be like, oh, we're on episode 65 <laughs> or something. And I like I had to clarify, but we're now actually on the real 66 and the first time saying 66. So we're finally caught up. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's not a big deal. We just we misnumbered some episodes in the past, but we're we're all set. But today we got ourselves a very special episode, um, even though uh, it's maybe not the number everyone's going for here. But episode <laughs> 66 is a good one, too, because we got joining us today by a special guest, none other than House Stark 93, the a champion of the Baltimore Regionals from Play Pokemon. Welcome in, House Stark. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you knew this, Speedy, but... Uh, Stark actually messaged me. It was probably I don't know a few weeks ago or something, and maybe over a month ago. He said, "Hey, by the way, if you all ever need a guest on podcast, I'd love to be on it." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, all right, I'll keep that in mind, right?" And I, uh-huh. I kid you not, right? This is actually like kind of wild. I wish I said it to Stark, but I literally thought in my back of my head, I'm like. Man, I'm just waiting for this guy to like win something big and we bring him on, right? I was like, he's he going to Baltimore, right? He, this, this, uh, that'd be a good, good opportunity to bring him on. And you know, here we are. I, one could say I, I prophesized this, this winning here without, without me verbalizing it. So maybe I should have typed it out to Stark so that you know, he could have seen it coming too. Yeah, Stark. I think thanks is in order here to Caleb. I mean, he basically won Baltimore for you, right? Oh yeah, I, I was. Uh... You know, I was battling through Caleb, so I appreciate that, Caleb. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, you're welcome. Um, you you don't really, I don't really ask for much. You know, you could just you could just give me your plane ticket to Japan. That's fine too. That's that's that's, that's, that's all. I can figure out the hotel situation though. <laughs> um, but anyway, so for those that don't know, um, House Stark ninety three, feel free to introduce yourself. I got a question for you though, real quick. Sure thing. Um, where does your username come from? So you're I think this is commonly known, so hopefully it's not. If if I need to edit out, I can. But your your real name is Alex, right? Yeah, that's um, true. so it's not it's not actually House Stark. But um, I'm I'm curious, where does the name come from? And I would take a guess before you say anything. My guess is you're probably a fan of Game of Thrones, maybe the Stark family, uh, or maybe you just love houses and tony stark for some reason um and uh my other guess is 93 is the year you're born in yep that's those are both correct oh wow okay yeah like i was a huge fan of the the show game of thrones like when it first dropped um yeah and then i like really resonated with the how stark is like i don't know it just like i'm from like the north northern hemisphere kind of thing you Uh, are yeah and uh you know it was just it was just like they were very I don't know I don't, what's the word like stoic like super like uh loyal people like uh you know just happy like good people not super happy people but they were definitely good people and i was like you know i would like to be part of that group so yeah you know for those that don't know what house stark looks like what do you think speedy i feel like he actually kind of looks like he could be from the stark family too I'll tell you what you you put him in some uh, some armor. You know, you let him grow out uh-huh. his uh, his facial hair for a few weeks, and you give him a sword. And I could see him uh, on on set. You know, I mean, he looks like a Stark. Uh, Alex, so can you explain to us why the last season of Game of Thrones is your favorite? 
uh, well, no spoilers, but uh, <laughs> uh, the last season like kind of ends. It kind of ends badly in terms of like the show, right? It wasn't like the best ending, but for the Starks, it ends pretty well. Yeah, good. Well, things ended well for you in Baltimore too, so it's kind of serendipitous, right? That's true, but the ending hasn't come yet for this season of uh, Play Pokemon. So true. I'm excited true. to see how it actually ends. Yeah. Well, you know, for the Starks too, they had to go through a couple seasons before they found their their happy ending for some of them. So, so we'll see. But maybe maybe you'll you'll speed it up and you'll 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 wrap it up in one season for yourself. Yeah, like so. like the last season of Game of Thrones, just everything flies through, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Are right, uh, just before we get too far on tangents a quick question are you watching the the prequel the house of dragons or no? yeah yeah i am yeah i'm not i'm not fully caught up yet i'm like an episode behind but it's it's been interesting it's been i don't love prequels as a concept just because you know what's going to eventually happen yeah i don't really like spoilers but it's been an interesting show i will say that yeah it, it looks interesting so far i like that there's like dragons right away so that's like a fun part of it yeah yeah definitely um, you know, you really lived up to your name too, because House Stark's don't uh, House Stark does not have dragons, and you didn't bring a dragon to Baltimore. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, tell us about yourself, uh, who you are. We'll, we'll talk more about your Pokemon journey as well too. Have you always been a Pokemon fan, stuff like that, or uh, you just kind of came into it from Pokemon Go? Yeah, that's uh pretty interesting. It goes way back. I started playing Pokemon when I was like five or six years old. Uh, when like red and blue first came out um i just remember going to like my, my friend's house who lived across the street from me and uh, i couldn't have, i couldn't like get my own game boy i couldn't get my own games because like my um my fa- my parents weren't like one of those people that would give you know their kids game systems and stuff so i had to like play vicariously through my friends mm-hmm. um so my friends played a lot and uh i remember he got like pokemon blue version and we got squirtle and we were all like me my friend and my brother were all playing together and uh, it was just like a lot of fun. And I just remember going to bed that night, the first time I ever played. And I was just like so excited to play the next day. So you always shared like the same game, essentially? Like you go over to your friend's house and like all play on the same Game Boy? Yeah, we were like trying to figure out like together, we would try to figure out the best move in a certain situation. Oh. Uh, so it was kind of it was kind of weird, but it was fun, right? Because uh, like back in the day, like there was nothing to do. So we just had Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> but it was was like it was super cool because it was like uh we were just a bunch of kids trying to learn this new game together yeah did you did you so did you ever eventually get your own game or was that not until pokemon go came out no no so i got so i got my own game um i believe i started with gen 3 on like my own console okay and uh yeah i red and blue i'm sorry uh ruby and sapphire which is basically red and blue advanced uh i really i started playing uh pokemon ruby on my own like game boy and that was like my most exciting uh, adventure because I kind of knew like how to play at that point. I kind of knew how to build a team and, uh, you know, how to how to types worked. And then that was when like a lot more stuff came out, right? Like abilities and held items and all that jazz. So it was it was really, really fun. I mean, I've loved Pokemon since I was a kid. So uh, growing up, it was like just a really nice way to uh, spend my time. Yeah, I never played Gen- Generation 3 myself on the main series game. I stopped at Silver, so I'm not very well-versed. But I heard a lot of people, it's like one of their favorite, if not favorite generations, mostly because of the Pokemon in it, but also the abilities too. Do, is that one of your favorite generations? Do you have a kind of a different one? Yeah, so I think it's it's weird, right? Every every person has a different uh, 
you know, favorite generation, but I think it goes by like the different ages. I've seen like a graphic of like, if you grew up at this time, this is your favorite game, right? If you grew up at this time, like the newer games might be your favorite game, stuff like that. I think it's around when you're like nine or 10, mm -hmm. those, those generations would be your favorite from what oh, I've, yeah. from what I've seen. I'm curious, uh, your approach to the game, Alex, because when I played Red and Blue growing up and I, I'm like Caleb, we've actually discussed this a couple times. Like I stopped around Crystal, I think was the last one that I played. And uh, I was wondering what your approach was to the games because, you know, Pokemon Go, we all play our own ways. But for me, when I played the traditional games, I was one of those those trainers that just like grinded in the tall grass just for hours and hours and hours. And by the time I finally reached like the next gym leader, the next opponent, I was already like five or ten levels over leveled just because I was like a grinder trying to grind XP and just make my Pokemon just incredibly tough. Uh, did you have the same approach or were you the kind of trainer that just ran into the gym and challenged as soon as you got to the new city? Um, I think when I first started, it was like that, right? I was just like, oh, let's go. Let's like battle the gym leader right away. And then I would lose and I'd be like, oh man, I get so frustrated. And then I would turn to what you're doing, right? The grinding, just build up my team and then go back and be like, let's see who's going to win now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you showed them. I, I had a, I had a different approach. I was always like the overconfident kind. I was like, yeah, I got this. And I'm just get like curb stomped by like just a trainer leading up to a gym, not even the gym leader. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we got we got to start square one. So I, if anyone, if I ever did a Nuzlocke, like that'd probably be my worst nightmare because I'd probably just like be like restarting my Nuzlocke like every few hours. But um but that's interesting that you you took that approach too. Wait, so what 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 is your favorite generation, House Arc? I think it's got to be Gen three. Like okay. it's just it's just such a nice, like clean generation. Uh, I think it has like the best of both worlds, right? You can run some of the older Pokemon from Gen one and two, but you also have one hundred and fifty plus new Pokemon from mm -hmm. that generation as well. So I think it's like the best of both worlds. That was before Fairy typing was even introduced, right? Yeah. Wasn't Gardevoir just pure psychic? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah and like Mawile's pure psychic, and Clefairy was like normal type and stuff. It's a oh, it's a Mawile strange was pure psychic. That's why. Pure yeah, just... yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's 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 very different. So, did you play all the main series games since then, or did you like kind of take a break before Pokemon Go came out? You know what's funny is uh, I started playing right Gen 1. I played all the way through Generation 5, but I stopped mm -hmm. at Gen 5 because I was like, uh, I think I'm getting too old for this game, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, Gen 6 happened. I wasn't playing. Gen 7 happened. And I think that's around the time when Pokemon Go first came out. Um, and I picked up Pokemon Go actually back in 2016. I didn't start right away. I started a couple days after mm -hmm. everyone else. Um and yep, I was here. in Greece at the time, so I didn't like really know what to do, how to play, all that stuff. So I was just trying to enjoy the game and have fun, but I didn't have any Pokestops around where I lived. So I was like, I would have to like, you know, run around and try to find them. Um, but yeah, so that's around the time when Gen 7 st started, and I got that game, and uh, I started playing that game as well. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so you're just kind of doing both in tandem, kind of? Yeah, but I skipped Generation Six, which is like, which is when Fairy type dropped. Mm, so okay. kind of had to learn that as well as a bunch of other things, right? The Ghost and Dark were actually resisted by Steel up until Generation Six. Um, oh whoa! And uh, yeah, so Steel type was like even more overpowered. Dude, that's then. crazy. Yeah. It's like what is it Steel resists like almost every typing at that point. That's exactly. Yeah, so like nuts. had to learn had to learn all that new all that new stuff. Uh -huh. because i missed that generation but i think a lot of people did as well so yeah yeah okay well gotcha so pokemon go dropped 
And you say you didn't start right away, which same here. I, I started like a few days later because I, I wasn't really sure about the hype either. Um, but I, I know at least before, by the time I first heard about you, you were in this like 100 million like Facebook group, whatever. So you're definitely like big into the grind aspect of the game, uh, even before PvP. Am I correct? I mean, so you're right, but uh, I started off pretty slow, right? Because like uh-huh. I said, I was on vacation when the game dropped. I was in Greece seeing my like i have family in greece so i was i was seeing them uh it was a great time the game drops i'm like eh but i start see, like i saw pokemon go on the news in greece and i was like this game must be pretty big for it to <laughs> yeah. be on the news in a, in a foreign country so i downloaded the game you know i caught a growlith like one of my first pokemon and i was so excited to see it um but yeah once i came back to the states uh, i didn't have a car at the time and i was also going to school so i didn't grind as hard as i would have liked um, I still played like way too much <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't spend any money on the game the entire first year of me playing the game at all. Um, and then once raids dropped, then I started like I was like, you know what? I'm gonna splurge a little bit. And uh, you know, one thing led to another and uh yeah. <laughs> the floodgates opened. I did the same thing. I was like, I'm free to play, right? Like it's all good. And then and they're like, Oh, like there's raids. Like I was buying raid passes just for like Venusaurs and like Charizards and stuff <laughs> before like they even had legendaries. I was like, why not? Right. Well, well, it was back then TMs were so rare and rare candies were non-existent unless you had right, raids. Right? right. So actually, no, I think you got TMs only from raids back then too. I don't think there's another way. Yeah. Um, so the resources themselves and golden raspberries. Um, okay. So then you got big into it. Were you always the kind of person that love like pvp stuff like was this like something you've been waiting for or were you just like eh, we'll see how this goes oh yeah i was i was always like one of those people in the raid lobbies that were like make sure you guys are using you know your machamps and your tyranitars or whatever uh to try to like take down the raid boss quicker because a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't know their types like in my local area so i try to help them out um and then people would ask, always ask me like what do i use my tms for and i would just be like oh you use them for like this this and that uh but all that while that was happening uh, PvP wasn't out, so I would actually play. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Pokemon Showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I would play a lot of like random battles in Pokemon Showdown and just like grind hours and hours and hours. And I would hit like top 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 100 on there. Um, and I that really is like a good way to learn how to improvise and understand like type combinations, like when to switch, when to you know throw the moves and stuff like that. Um, and just like learn a lot about every single Pokemon that is out there in existence like you guys could ask me like what is this pokemon what does it do and i would be able to say like oh it has like you know this type of coverage this type of attack stat this type of uh bulk stuff like that gotcha okay so you're you're always more into the competitive side of things too which makes sense given your current resume in (laughs) pvp (laughs) but okay so and then pvp drops uh what is it december 2018 and to my knowledge you just picked it up it just ran with it, right? Um, Sylph started hosting some, you know, Sylph, for those that don't know, Sylph Arena, their third-party organization, they host, um, they used to, or they still do, but they host a lot of PvP tournaments before the official play Pokemon stuff. And uh, you probably started back in beta or Boulder, right? Yeah, so I was one of those people that started in Boulder, um, but I didn't run double Skarmory or triple Skarmory like some people. <laughs> triple Skarmory? <laughs> I didn't run triple Skarmory. I ran triple Mud Boys. So I ran two Marsh Thompson and a Whiskash. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I didn't I didn't win my first tournament. I and mean, I was uh-huh. like pretty upset. So I, I, not like upset, but you know what I mean? Like I was like motivated to try better because I knew that I could be better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 
I like put my nose to the grindstone, like started, you know, battling with people every single day, uh, learning like matchups, learning what fast moves were good, learning what charge moves were good, uh, learning like different type combinations that work well together, right? Uh, and then for Twilight Cup, that's when I really like started to to thrive, and I think I swept the a five round tournament in Philadelphia. Oh, nice! And that that wasn't even shortly after. That's like literally a month later after Boulder Cup. So, uh, already seen some early success. Uh, and to my knowledge, you won your regionals right that first year in uh, Sylph. Yep. Yeah, I and did. then you you went to Worlds too. Um, I don't, I don't know if we met in Chicago. We were definitely in the same room and you know same venue and stuff. But I think I might have just been so like sad about my loss that I didn't really talk to a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there were like a hundred people in the same room. So yeah, it was packed. It was. I just remember there was so much delay. So I just started handing out free pizza to everyone, which <laughs> fine. I mean, I'll take the free pizza. It wasn't bad, but uh, mm. yeah. So um, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then you kept with it. You run. You won seasonal uh, regionals again the following year. Um, and I think season two is really when all the big traveling and mega tournaments started happening, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, and you went to um, a couple of them too. Yeah, I remember the, the first. The first one was like in uh, New York, the Sinister Cup. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Virginia, but yeah, there was a New York one. Yeah, yeah, I remember like uh, Toshi was there, like Valor Ash, mm-hmm. uh, Muck. Like there was like a lot of big names there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really a fun tournament. It was like a seven rounder. It was insane. Yeah. So. So Alex, I had, a, I had a question. So in terms of PVP, like we were talking about, I mean, we're, we've kind of like moved on to the tournaments and stuff, but one of the things that impressed me the most about you was that uh, PVP had just come out and somehow you were able to like, just like Caleb said, you picked it up and you ran with it almost immediately. Uh, how much of, of your PVP knowledge was prior Pokemon knowledge and how much of it was studying? Because it's one thing when, when content creators like King are, are making these videos and everybody's watching and learning and how to get better. But it's another thing when you're one of the first players who's actually really really good at the game uh do you think that that boulder cup uh loss is really what kind of pushed you along that path or do you think that you kind of just continue to study and you're just very much a student of the game i think it's it's a little bit of both um i think the losing definitely like motivated me a lot but Mm -hmm. i think like i was no matter what i was gonna like you know put my put my nose to the grindstone and try to like become the best at battling because i knew that that's that's what I was good at because um, I, yeah, I just have always been really good at the typings, understanding matchups and stuff like that. And um, yeah, when the, when PVP dropped, I was just so into it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I could definitely see that too with how much you play too as well. So that's awesome. And when I feel like the big tournament in Virginia was the start of, like an early start of team formats too, right? Because then wasn't that the first time where like the Elite Four, uh, which was you, Toshi, Valrash, and Arrow, had like a four versus four battle in Virginia after yeah. the Mega tournament? Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. And I remember it was like loosely streamed, right? It was like a, I think it was like a really long stream, but someone streamed it, I think. I don't know if it was Taco or someone, but I remember I, I, seeing like clips of it. Yeah, I can't remember who streamed it, but uh, that was when, um, Valorash like uh, fire blasted a Skarmory with his uh, Alolan Marowak. And that yeah, was, yeah, like, and Toshi was freaking out in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that was like the very early inception of team formats, which back then were really hard to do because you had to be 30 days worth of friendship with people to battle remotely. So yep. 
you could only do these things at like in-person mega tournaments and it usually just be like the elite four versus like some local team that they want to do because you all would just like travel in the pack from like mega to mega um which was an interesting time you went to i know you went to orlando did you go to portland in california as well that year i did i did uh i went to both i went to like every single mega that i could go to because i was just so i i don't know like the mega tournaments were like my calling i was like i have to go and just like see all these people and and you know rekindle all these friendships that i've made through over, over the years and um i think uh california was another one of those like team tournaments we did against the socal swabaloos oh yeah uh, i think you, you all were up like super late that night too right <laughs> yeah it was like the night before the tournament oh my god and uh and I'm, I'm sitting there like this is like a really funny story i was sitting there and i was like oh my opponent is this guy a lemon lime i've, I've never heard of this guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. uh so i battle him and uh yeah, he sweeps me. He like sweeps me three zero, and I'm just like, man, this guy's this guy's pretty good. I gotta watch out for him tomorrow. Um, and then he ends up winning the next the next day. He wins the entire like LA Mega Tournament nine to zero. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know Lim online now, he's he's quite the good battler, and he's really put a yeah. I never heard of the guy either, to be honest, until he won the mm-hmm. whole thing. I was like, wait, what? Um, cause I think the only LA person I knew of at the time was ace leader sky. Cause he was the one that won the regionals for season yeah. one, but I didn't know. I thought he had a cool name too, but I didn't know like who this limo lime guy was. Cause I was expecting like, Oh, it's going to be someone from outside of California that probably takes this. But it was funny cause the grand finals was between two Californian players, uh, two SoCal mm-hmm. players too, I think too, which is, um, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, well out there. With my experience with Limon, he he he'd always been like very kind, very nice, and like a very approachable guy. And you would never tell, right? I remember watching the finals. Uh, his opponent had Pseudo Wudo, and I was like, oh man, you know, Pseudo Wudo is such a fun Pokemon. I'd love to see it win. But then Limon Lime just crushes everything. And for us as a friend group, it's also cool to know uh, Limon Lime prior, or you know, to know Limon Lime from the LA Mega, and then to know Casey prior from Florida, and then see how happy they are now. I mean, Pokemon Go has just brought so many people together, which is really amazing. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um, yeah, it's kind of wild because that was, that was just it was three years ago. It was it was just three yeah. less than three years ago, really. Um, it's actually yeah, it's actually um, it's almost exactly three years ago because we we're recording this on uh. No, never mind. I'm, I'm mistaken. Um, a few months, right? A few months. A few right? months. Yeah. I don't know why I. Oh no. I. I... Ignore me. Yeah. It was December no. point nineteen. <laughs> I had <laughs> something else good. in mind. It's completely irrelevant. So it's fine. So, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I had a quick question for for Alex here. So, uh, Stark, you've obviously we've covered like a few different formats, Sylph team formats. Uh, I know we're going to get into GBL here pretty soon. So I might be jumping the gun just a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you when you're, uh, because we're kind of like on the show six thread here right now, talking about the mega tournaments and Sylph arena, which is show six very much like play Pokemon. Um, do you have like any, any process you go through when you build teams? Do you think in terms of cores, in terms of typings, matchups, meta, do you have like a checklist or, or what kind of advice would you give to trainers that are building teams for a variety of formats? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, when I, I guess I can start with like what I did for Baltimore because that's like fresh on the mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I started building a team and I was like, I really have to have an answer for Shadow Nido Queen because I really thought that that was going to be the meta. Um, so I, I started off with like Galarian Stunfisk and Shadow Swampert. And then after that, I was like, okay, how can I build from here? And then, you know, 
uh, I build a team of six. I go talk to, you know, I talk to Pranav, like I asked Pranav, like, you know, what, what's good here? Is this, does it seem like a good team? I would ask like um, the Nat 93, who's like really good at team building as well. And some other people as well, but uh, yeah. So we like together, we'll try to like build a team that will cover everything and then I'll start to practice. And then when I'm practicing, that's when I think things will shine through. Uh, Cause I was like really, really, really weak to um, Altaria when I was first practicing, like the night before the tournament, I was practicing against my roommate, uh, Ivy Pips. And he was like, yeah, you should probably change Venusaur to Trevenant. Cause then you'll mm-hmm. have a little bit more play against Altaria. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. And then boom, it worked out. Yeah. So last minute team change too. That's pretty, that's pretty, I think I remember you mentioning that in your post interview, right? Um, at Baltimore. I remember you saying that somewhere, but um, that's pretty crazy too, to just make a last minute team adjustment. But you know, you've done plenty of battles at this point, so it's okay if you don't have like a thousand reps with every Pokemon the night before. Right. Yeah, like because I felt I felt very comfortable with either Venusaur or Trevenant, and I just felt like Trevenant was too good not to bring at that point. Yeah, like in this current meta that we have, the coverage is so good. Outside of like things like Noctowl, but no one really brings Noctowl except for maybe one person in the tournament. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you know, obviously, we eventually you know have play Pokemon stuff, but before all that happens, too, GBL drops. And if I do recall, you are at least we didn't have leaderboards at this point in time, so it's hard to say for sure. But to our knowledge, you're the first person in uh, GPL to hit rank 10 in season, the official season one of Go Battle League. Uh, I mean, I guess, um, <laughs> you know, I don't really like it's, it's hard to say for sure, but uh, I'll, I'll take the claim if no one else will take it. So. Yeah, well, I—I I mean, it's been—it's been like over two and a half years at this point, so no one's mm. come forward about it now. Then it's yeah, probably... I, I don't see any screenshots, right? You know, of, of the date mm-hmm. and the legend logo or the rank ten logo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Alex, I know something interesting. I posted about it on Twitter as well. Uh, so you uh, were able to reach rank ten with Toxicroak, Azumarill, and Registeel. Is that correct? That is correct. And then there was a trainer in Bilbao uh, Basics who actually used Registeel, Tapafini, and Toxicroak to win the regional this past weekend. Interesting note that I didn't include in the tweet. He was actually running double cannon. He was running Zap Cannon, Flash Cannon on his Registeel. Um, so those teams seem to have something in common, right? Something about the fairy plus the steel plus the fighting and poison type. I mean, it seems like something old, something new. These, these Pokemon are still going to be good. Uh, do you share that sentiment or do you think that, uh, you know, the meta has evolved to be completely different at this point? You know, it's pretty funny. I think the meta has evolved quite a bit since then. Um, but at the same time, right. If you look at some of the meta picks that have, that have been added to the game that kind of pushed that team out, it was like Galvantula, stuff like that. Um, cause the Galvantula beats like Toxroak, it beats Azu and it has really good play against, uh, Registeel as well. This is saying all the moves, but then since then, right, Galarian Stunfisk has been like the main meta threat and then it has pushed Galvangela out of the meta, which makes that team now again viable. So uh, with the evolution of metas, you know, since season one, I think this Pokemon have stayed at least relatively, you know, very useful. Uh, and because of that, you know, as the meta shifts, those Pokemon that may have not been as useful, you know, two, three seasons ago are now like even more useful. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially if you get something like Registeel, like Zap Cannon, too. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe that guy. He 
he ran flash cannon and zap cannon that's it's bonkers wild. to me yeah. Yeah. what do you do against a clarence stumpus like that is <laughs> cry that yeah <laughs> seriously they could just undercharge and just farm you to oblivion but wow okay that's that's impressive impressive stuff um but yeah so obviously we have you know go battle league and stuff uh which you're regularly at the top two have you been a part of gbla yet i know you hit like top 10 pretty frequently before right uh yeah it's funny i've never been a part of gbla i okay. always seem to hit you know top eight during like a saturday or a tuesday or something oh. it's never on the friday that you know uh gotcha. we're always looking for like i remember uh i think it was two seasons ago i hit like number two uh-huh. And then if I just like didn't battle the rest of the week, I would have hit GBLA. But I was like, you know what? I just want to stream and have fun with my community. So yeah, and it didn't go so well, I guess. No. <laughs> it's hard I mean, to also find. you you got to go for the number one spot, right? If you're number two, you got to just try for it, right? It's At true. that point. Um. So, quick question for you, right? Um. Because I know uh, I know a, a you know a certain someone that's trying to hit like the top ten as well. Um. How how difficult would you say hitting top 10 in go battle league leaderboards is i mean i would say it's pretty difficult uh i didn't hit it at all last season um and this season i i I just hit it but like that's i I think i got pretty lucky with uh ultra league premier cup uh Mm. being like a really fun meta for me uh it really depends on the meta if you're if you feel really comfortable in one meta i think you can hit top 10 uh if you really like put in the time and the effort gotcha all right i'll be sure to pass that advice to the person I know that's working on that goal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they'd really appreciate it. Uh, Alex, your team that you're running right now, <laughs> of uh, if if I'm not mistaken, all right, I'm gonna list this off because we're gonna time capsule this, right? I I know it. I know the team is a bit spicy to you right now, but I just don't want people to underestimate how awesome this team is. Como O, Overquill and wing attack Charizard. This feels like you just kind of like pulled the lever at a slot machine and these three Pokemon just kind of spat out. How did you come up with this team? <laughs> um, you know, it's pretty funny. I almost kind of do that sometimes. I'm like looking at my at my team. I'm looking at the Pokemon I have ready for Ultra League. Um, and I was actually trying out, I remember when I was in Seattle uh, for GoFest, I was like testing out Como for the first time. And I was, I was pairing it with Shadow Skunk Tank. But obviously, Shadow Skunk Tank, you need to XL candies to make that um, viable in Ultra League. So I was uh, you know, thinking of other dark poisons that I could use. I was like, oh, Lil Muck is good. But uh, you know, people have used Lil Muck before. What if I try Overquill? Um, so I paired those two together. And I was like, I need to have another answer for like Trevenant and Walrein. So uh, Wing Attack Charizard does pretty well against both. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I did it. Yeah, dude, I honestly don't even know what moveset Overquill learns, to be honest. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty wild. I mean, you also had this this same GBL season, too. You also came up with the Pidgeot double double Swords of Justice, uh, yeah. you know, Cobalia and Verizia online, too, which is not my favorite line to face because I say swap a Drapion, and that Cobalion makes Drapion look like a joke. In comparison oh, to yeah. That. I love yeah. seeing Drapion with that team. Yeah, it's... uh, You can't do any... Like, you, you can, like, double shield, and you still can't do anything with it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's wild. But, um, yeah, and I have a Steelix in the back, so I know. <laughs> I, I, I haven't faced your team yet. I faced that your team, except it was a Swamper instead of a Verizion. Um, Which is still not great for you. Hey, I'm two and zero though. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the same guy too. I didn't realize until later. It's just, I beat the same guy twice in the same night running the same team. But, um, 
but we'll see. But you know, I'm I'm still waiting for the day where I face your team, which I'm not looking forward to. But um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's always cool to see. Like, it's impressive to go on like a win streak or like a leaderboard climb uh, in general in Go Battle League. But it's especially impressive when you use it with like a very unique and original team, right? Like Double Source yeah. of Justice. Like that just seems like a meme team, right? Um, but you went 19 and 0 with it, which is I don't remember the last time I went 19 and 0 ever really i think i've gone besides my skarmory double grass line i don't think i've gone anything close to that win streak um yeah well, i was actually talking with my locals about it before uh i went on stream for the first time with that team um because they were like oh like i want to try just double sort of justice and i was like oh i also would want to do that so we like tried to formulate like a good lead for that team and uh my friend was trying gyarados and i was trying pidgeot and uh, his gyarados was like losing to charmers a lot whereas my team was uh fared pretty well i think yeah, did you run it with Stone Edge or Iron Head for the Cobalion? Oh, you know what's funny? It, it's I was running Stone Edge, and uh-huh. um, you can safe swap Cobalion, uh huh, and you can do you can two shot a Trevenant with Stone Edge, which is pretty nice. As long as you shield uh the Shadow Ball, Shadow Ball. So you you can tank a Shadow Ball, uh huh, and then if they over farm and try to farm you all the way down, then you can double uh. You can double Stone Edge. So you... I, I love that too, because you get a shield and like they can't do anything with the energy on the Trevenant afterwards. You just lock in a Pidgeot. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's... I, I, I did something similar with the Pidgeot team. It was Pidgeot and Safe Swap Blizzard Politoed. They have to sh- They have to shield, otherwise they just... Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I figured it out when, with a faction smash, actually. I really like Tilted Someone when I did that. And so <laughs> I was like, I gotta try this to go Battle League. But that's, that's pretty dope. Um... That's awesome. Okay, so anyway, outside of GBL, you're you're known to you're you're also a streamer, as you mentioned too. When did you start getting into streaming? Actually, out of curiosity, was it during the pandemic? Yeah, I think it was like early stage of the pandemic. I started streaming, um, and then since then, you know, I've started uh, getting a schedule of like Monday to Thursday nights, like very very late, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, um, it yeah. works though because it's like it's like your go to time slot. Like I always know like. Like I was like, oh, okay, Stark is live, is and and there's not nearly as many people live at around that time too. So I think it's a good like prime time spot to like scoop up viewers. Yeah, Stark after dark. <laughs> oh, exactly. I like that Stark after dark. Yeah, it it always looks like it's evening time, but even though it's like very orange uh, throughout. Um, <laughs> so, you know, some yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna say something I noticed on a stream is. <laughs> How much did you invest to have that plushie collection you have in the background? <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> that's why when you're telling me about how, like, you know, your Pokemon journey before this, I was like, this guy's got to be an avid Pokemon fan, right? To have a collection that deep, that that we can see. I'm sure you might even have more stuff that's not even on camera. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So my my, uh, my girlfriend is like very much so into the plushies, and uh, okay. Every like month or so, I would get her a plushie, right? Uh, just like as a gift, and then for her birthday, I would get her like two plushies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just started adding up over time. I think we stopped, <laughs> we stopped adding more plushies to the collection, uh, maybe like one like every two or three months. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a lot now. Yeah, you're about to you're gonna need to get some more shelving space because once you go to Japan, oh yeah, I, I'll just put it this way, right? And Speedy knows this as well. The Pokemon Center in London for Worlds was massive, and people were spending hundreds of dollars on that. I could only imagine how big the Pokemon Center is in Japan at Worlds. But not on on top of that, 
all the other just like vendors and markets in Japan that just sell Pokemon just because it's part of their culture is probably going to be yes. just off the charts. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but also, um, you know, my wallet is not looking forward to it. Well, yeah. more more reason to just win worlds, right? So you could just, sure. just spend spend all the money they give you. You should you should come prepared, Alex. I mean, I, I know this one guy, a uh, young guy from Germany. You know, he th- he thought he'd get knocked out in the first round, but he came home with a lot of extra hardware, and that uh, that could end up being you in uh, in about a year's time. Um, Alex, I was wondering, going back to your streams, one of the things that I really really enjoy about your streams, I think that a lot of people that watch you really like this. I, I really like your measured approach to every single game. It's not like, it, you know, you might turn into, you might tune into some streams and like, okay, I, I led into Dragonite. They safe swapped Wall Rain, top left, right? You never do that. You always play out the match. We've talked about this before, right? You're you're very uh, committed to the game. You want to find a way to win. And I think that your approach is a bit similar to King's as well, because you always evaluate situations and you say, okay, this is really bad, or this is really good, or this is my opponent's win condition. Um, in Go Battle League, obviously you're one of the best. How do you think about battle flow as the game goes on? I mean, there's you know stages where you team read, you measure energy. Does this just kind of happen automatically, or do you have like a process? I think I learned a lot of that like measured approach kind of thing from King, like watching his streams because he was like one of the first uh, big YouTubers, streamers, like for PvP in general. So learning from him, like the like how to approach a game is, I think, is a really really key factor um I, I i will never like just immediately quit a game if i've only seen two po- two pokemon because they could have a pidgey in the back right i want to <laughs> approach every game as if no i mean i'm serious like some people have played like the pidgey challenge i remember early season that's one true, like that's true you know people ran like two pokemon and then a pidgey i've um, never been that lucky <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean like there's always going to be a pokemon in the back that you haven't seen and you might be able to hard counter that one uh, you're putting my misplay, right? They might lag out of a battle. I'll, I, I will always try to find a win condition, no matter what the lead, the safe swap is. Like, I think there's always a win condition if you try hard enough, or you know, if you don't make any mistakes and your opponent makes one. Mm, got you. I, I, for the most part, agree with you, but I've seen a few Altarios with my Bastion. There's no win condition for them there, <laughs> but you know, it's some some of them do try. They're they're hoping for that earthquake to drop on Altaria someday. But uh, though that's 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 such a good that's such a good mentality too. Because I feel like um, I don't know how many people listening have ever battled House Stark, but it's not fun. <laughs> it, it's not it's not fun, but it's also like it's never it never goes the way you want it to go. Like there are times where I'm like, I got switch advantage, I got lead advantage, but like it just feels different, you know? Like it's just like yeah. there's like it's it's not a straightforward battle. Um I don't think there might have been a few times in my life that have like really hard countered you, but even then I'm just like, why am I why am I uncomfortable right now? You know, I should be like chilling. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like if there's a door, right, and and you're both trying to close the door on each other. If you leave just the slightest crack, just a tiny little crack, uh House Stark will just shove his sword in there and just pry the door open and, and find a win condition. It's really insane. Well, yeah, it's more like I'm closing the door with a car behind me. I'm like driving the car <laughs> to close the door and he's just pushing with one hand and like somehow if I'm not just flooring the gas pedal, like it still sometimes opens yes. up. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, so we yeah, definitely Alex, saw, Alex, you, don't have to, you don't have to comment on that, Alex. Just, that's just how we feel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you feel when you battle people, but it's just, it is, I'm always I'm always surprised when I when I beat House Stark and something, but mm-hmm. um, 
but it, it'd be like that. I think the only I think the only time in my life where I felt like I was like, oh, like I could take out Stark, no problem. It was the f- I think it was the first time we ever battled, and it was at um, it was at Philly actually for the Ghost Stadium like showdown. It was yeah, back I in twenty nineteen. I think that's where we met for the first time. Yeah, we met for the first time. Well, like technically we were we were in Chicago together, but like we probably just didn't ever, we never talked or you know right. met each other or anything. But I remember we met there, and um, <laughs> actually. This is kind of funny. I, I don't know if I've ever told this uh, Stark. I, don't, I definitely never, never told Speedian. For most listeners, they probably don't know. Uh, I just remember, like, before I met you, I don't know why. There was, like, something about you that annoyed me. And, like, like I don't, I don't even know, like, what it was. But I just remember I remember telling my friend, like, I think it was, like, Palmer's Up or, like, Quartz or something. I was like, dude, that house Stark dude, man. I don't know. I feel like he's, like, full of himself or something. I I. I, I I thought you were like just fake nice too, right? I was like, you know, like everyone likes him, but I feel like he's just like, he's just, he's just playing pretend or whatever, right? Um, and I, I remember specifically that, that morning, uh, it was either the night before that morning of, before we, we've met each other at the, at the esports uh, venue, you DM me and said, hey, good luck today. I hope, hope things go well. Yeah, I remember when I read that message, I was like, dude, here here he is again, you know, being yeah, sneaky and everything. Guy. I can't trust this guy, right? Like what? Like he's just <laughs> he's just trying to be like he's just trying to like get in like good favor with me, right? Um, Listen, this- Caleb, I'm just pretending. I'm just really <laughs> yeah. good at pretending. He's like, he's not he doesn't actually want me to do well. Come on now. We're about to battle each other for like the next eight hours straight. Um but then I, I do remember like after that day, like even like midway through that day, I was like, Wait, oh, this guy's not so bad, right? This guy's this guy's pretty chill. Um and I think that was the longest day of PP I've ever done because we we did eight. I think we did eight Sylph cups, three yeah. rounds every time. So, what is that like? Twenty four battles, you know? Like it was it was insane how many battles, and we battled each other so many times that day. Like by the end, it was just like it was just wild. But um, I think I think my guess is like it, it the day really wore on it really wore on you. It wore on all of us too. But because uh, I remember towards the end, you just look like you're about to like pass out, and that was when I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't mind facing Stark now. Like he's tired. <laughs> like I could do this." Yeah, I think like like you said, it was just a super long day. I think the first two rounds, I was like totally fine. Even like it, they broke it into two halves, right? It was mm-hmm. four rounds and then four, like for the four cups and then four cups mm-hmm. after the break. And like the first four, I think I was like doing pretty well, right? I had one Twilight Cup. I went to the finals in Boulder Cup. Like I was like, "Oh man, I'm feeling great." Yeah. And then the last four, I just like completely was drained physically yeah. emotionally like i was just like dehydrated tired i just didn't want don't i didn't want to do anything i didn't want to battle anymore yeah and i think from there that's something else i learned right i think when you don't do well try to like figure out okay what did i do wrong how can i how can i get better at this at that point i was like i'm never going to be tired of battling i'm going to be like you know uh so now when i stream at night right i'm already tired when i when i start my stream but like I'll just I'll work through it and I'll get used to like battling tired, and uh, that really helps me like focus if I'm really tired at an event or in a tournament or whatever. Uh, now I'm like I'm used to it. Like I'll I'll take uh, on. Interesting, interesting. All right, that's a good strategy. I mean, I tried that last night. I was battling tired and I was going like oh five. So I, mm-hmm. I need to work on my resilience, I guess, a little bit. But yeah, no, that's 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 really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, after that, I realized like. Stark's not as bad as I thought he was. So, <laughs> but it was it was interesting. I remember too because afterward, um, I was driving. Uh, my friend Quartz was uh there too, and he was driving me to, 
my friend's place in DC and we just carpooled together. And I remember telling him in the car, car I was like, yeah, you know how I was talking mad smack about how Stark the night before? Like, he's not so bad. I, I, I might have misjudged there. But I don't think I told you that ever, which is kind of funny looking back. No, that's the first time I heard that. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember I was thinking I had like some like, I don't know why, I had some negative thoughts about you since like between like Chicago Go Fest until Philly, which was like a couple months of just like, I'm not feeling this, dude. I still hit you <laughs> up for scrims, though. I still used you when I could. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I remember doing some Twilight Battles. Again. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do this. But um, anyway, what a, what a good time. What how look look how far we came. You didn't even know. Yeah, look at us. Yeah, right? you didn't even know. Yeah, maybe after the Stark's like, man, I don't know why I agreed to come to this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, right. Stark was like, man, I was feeling the same way. If I would have known. If you were, you let me know. I mean, to be honest, uh, I, I will say there were things I did that were probably a little standoffish. Like at that event, that was the first time I met Arrow too. And he he was like trying to add everyone there, even though he wasn't he wasn't invited to the event. He just wanted to part like a spectator. And um, and he did well too. He beat Valor Ash in like a best of five or something after like he, he won the whole thing. And and he was just going around and he was like, hey, like, like oh, like like, hey, can you add me and stuff like that? Like, here's my friend code. And I think everyone added him except for me. I was just like, "Sorry, dude, I'm full." And I, and he, this guy was like, I don't know. He he was definitely under 21. I don't even know if he was like 18 or not at the time. Yeah, and he, he like just, 16, right? Yeah, I don't know. He looked. He just looked real sad. I was just like, I, I didn't even care. <laughs> I mean, at that time, I was still worried about how Stark backstabbing me the whole time. I didn't care about Arrow. <laughs> like, you know, like I got too many other issues to worry about that day. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta watch watch your shoulder, watch watch your uh, corners there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I had any thoughts about you, Caleb, before uh, before we actually met. Okay, yeah. I don't think I've ever had any bad thoughts about any trainer before we actually met IRL. Oh yeah, that's just, just me. Maybe that's I mean, just this, me. this is why you're House Stark, right? I'm like, I'm House something else for sure. We'll, we'll get to <laughs> that though. Um, but uh, anyway, so in recent news. You went to the first uh, regionals of the season of 2022 to 2023 in Baltimore. There's two other ones. I guess there's one in Brazil and one in Bilbao, but um, in Spain. But the one in North America was the Baltimore one, which was, I feel like, really hype because everyone wants to see how... Well, one, it's it's the first regionals after the meta shakeup uh, for season 12 of Go Battle League, but mm-hmm. also like... You know, first person to qualify for Worlds too would be crowned there, and you went on a very impressive undefeated run, which was kind of kind of nuts too. Uh, looking at it too, how how what describe that experience to us? Uh, kind of the whole thing, you know. Oh man, I don't even know where to start. Um, I just remember like uh, I had to wait, right? So we get to the event. I'm in like Group C, right? So Group A, Groups A and B have to start. I'm just like sitting there waiting, watching the battles. And I just feel like I'm, I'm starting to get rusty. Right. So I'm watching the battles. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I'm seeing like some, some really cool battles on stream. Like I saw like purple Kyogre beat hot pocket and stuff like that. It was like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of crazy stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta get back in the groove. Right. So I'm like, Hey, Hoff, like Hoff was just like sitting there next to me. I was like, Hoff, let's do some battles. Let's do some scrims. And she's running this like, weird team right she's got dugong she's got shadow jump off she's got tapu fini i'm like whatever I'll, I'll try to figure it out and i like i'm losing i'm losing really hard to her before the before we start and we're in the same group 
I'm like, oh man, if I just if I pair against Hoff, I know I'm gonna lose. And I'm like, man, maybe my team isn't as good as I thought. Like I'm starting to doubt myself. Uh, and then first round, I have to be on stream against Swampy Swampyert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like really good battler out of I think Arizona. And I'm just like, oh man, this is gonna go poorly. Like, and I you know I battle him on stream, and I'm able to win. And uh, after that, I'm like, you know, if I if I just have games like that, I think I'll do well. Um, and then, you know, I win a couple more games. I battle Crispy Chris on stream. I beat him. And then I face, I think it was Onion Frank in the winner's finals. And I'm able to beat him somehow. Like, even though I safe swapped a Noctel and he counter swapped a G-Fisk. And yeah. I was able to beat him. I was like, I don't even know how this happened, but it <laughs> yeah. works out. No, it's very impressive. I mean, you had a... You know, the brackets are really random, too, so it's really luck of the draw, but you didn't really have the easiest... Bra- I mean, Swampier in round one is no joke, right? Like, Swampier's been know. in yeah. top of the GBL leaderboard multiple times um, and has played Cho 6 as well. Uh, I, I believe... I don't know. I can't remember what factions he plays on, right? Is he on Pogos? Or... I don't I don't even know. But I he, he, he used to be on Marylanders for a while, too, before yeah. they disbanded. And I mean, they went to Worlds and stuff for... Uh, team uh, for still factions, but anyway, he played open great league, so it was like like it's, it's it's not like he's new to the scene by any means. And the Onion Frank as well, which I've never seen play show six, but he did pretty well for for first timer that I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, making top eight is like very very difficult. I'll tell anyone like mm-hmm. if you can make top eight in a regional tournament, like that's that's a feat in itself. Yeah, and one guy made top eight with a Bastion too. That was that was wild. Shout out to Silent Beast. But um, anyway, back on how Stark too. So really impressive run. Um, and then day two as well. I mean, you 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 had a you had an interesting game five. So I I actually so I caught the beginning parts of it and eventually I was like, dude, I gotta go sleep because it was like it was like six a.m. right. So and I wake up and everyone's like, congratulate how Stark. I was like, well, I guess. I guess he won. <laughs> and everyone's talking about this earthquakes, this swamper thing, or, or like swamper earthquake or whatever, all this stuff. And I'm expecting like this is something that happened in the grand finals game five, right? And so I see game five of the winner's finals against Elam. I was like, oh, I was like, wow, okay. I was like, was that it or was there something else, right? And then I see the grand finals of rematch. Like, oh, this is going to be another game five situation or something. <laughs> you just go on a 3-0 and sweep to close it out mm-hmm. in the grand finals, which is the most decisive grand finals I've ever seen for any of these regionals. Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a pretty good match against Elam. I mean, he was he was like, it was really tough for me to even like uh, battle him because like I knew exactly what he was going to bring, right? Every single game he's going to bring Chief Altaria and then one other Pokemon, right? And he still like found a way to beat me twice in the mm-hmm. winner's finals. Um, and I got honestly got pretty lucky to get out of there. Because uh, I think I think if I had lost there, I would have had a pretty bad matchup against Doombug. Um, but I, it worked out, right? Uh, I was able to win against Elam in the game five, which honestly, like, you know, I <laughs> I just got lucky there, right? He didn't shield the earthquake. Uh, it was a 50-50 call, though. Yeah. So I'm glad, glad it worked out. I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's a true 50-50 call. Because if he shields, you lose, and you go to you go to losers finals, right? Like, it's, exactly. it's a huge... You land that earthquake, you go to Yokohama for worlds no matter what, right? <laughs> so, but lucky for you, you got you won first, you got the travel package and everything. Um, were you planning on going? I, I assume, like, you know, it's kind of like the megas back in season two of Sylph, you're planning on going to all these different like mega tournaments. My guess is you're probably planning on going to a bunch of play Pokemon tournaments, but now you're just 
you're just chilling, right? Are you are you still going to go to any of these, or are you just like I'm just going to watch at home with uh, you know, my champion, my champion, uh, you know, playmat and everything. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I'm going to go to a couple, right? I could be, you know, helping as a judge or just, you know, uh, you know, cheering on my team or whatever it is, right? There's there's no reason to, if if I have the chance to go, I'll go. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if I can stay home and, and just watch from home for the comfort of my house, like that's also fun, right? Watching from Twitch is always, for my for my experience, always really fun as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how uh, chat sometimes gets a little weird, but um, <laughs> it's 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 always entertaining. I will say, and you could like banter and stuff, right, with your friends, like different group chats and stuff. Um, for sure, although- but I think the in person experience is like so much more. Uh, it's like it's just a different feeling. It's a different mm-hmm. experience, right? It's a whole new vibe. Which um, so, which regionals did you go last? Oh, sorry to cut you off. Which regionals no, did you go to last year? I actually oh. didn't go to any regionals. Last oh, it was just year. the international. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, Alex. I just wanted to jump in and, and ask. So you you mentioned that the vibe is just very different. I think for a lot of listeners that might uh, have just be you know maybe they're go battle league players and that's how they got introduced to PvP and they haven't gone to a regional. Can you talk about like your mindset going in and uh, you know essentially how you felt? I mean, did you walk in there knowing that you would win? Is that your confidence mindset? Are you one of those players, or are you just going to go in there and give it your best every game and just see what happens? You know, what's funny is uh, I was actually listening to your guys' podcast with uh, with Dancing Rob, right? Because I remember he was talking about his approach and he was like, oh, I think I'm just going to go in there and lose like round one or whatever, right? Um, and I was I was in the car with uh, Pips, who was driving me down because we live like in around the same area. So we were driving down, listening to the podcast. And we like after the podcast was done, we started talking like, oh, you know, like, you know, how can we how can we kind of deal with this matchup? How can we deal with this matchup? We were just like going through all the different matchups. And I think that was really helpful. Uh, but my approach, like actually going into the tournament and battling, you know, I don't expect to win. I just expect to to do my best and try not to make any mistakes. Because um, if you don't make any mistakes, it'll give you a good shot to win. And all I need is a good shot, and you know, the the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, most definitely. Dude, incredibly well said. Was this your first time battling on stream, or do you battle on stream in NAIC? No, it was the first time. So I had um, <laughs> in Columbus, I uh, I lost round one, so I wasn't able to go on stream. Ah, uh, gotcha. Who did you face in round one? That took you uh, El Calvissimo, the guy from uh, oh, Northeast okay. Battlers. Yeah, gotcha. Formable too. I think he was at the event as well, right? This time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a lot of like really well-known people in uh, Baltimore. I think it was like mm-hmm. a lot of hype surrounding it. Uh, so you get to meet like all these great people, right? Um, another another fun thing about going to in-person events is like being able to see all the people that you've never seen before or people that you've, you've met, you've met, you've become friends with and, you know, you get to rekindle that friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely take care of those lucky trades as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. True. <laughs> There's a bunch of them too. Well, awesome. I mean, if you end up going to the Connecticut regionals, I'll be there. Awesome. Yeah, I think I'm gonna end up going there. I think that's the closest one to where I live. So yeah, yeah, I figure it's pretty close to. Yeah, my I grew up in Connecticut, so my mom still lives there. So I'll stop by and um, try to try to fend off the Northeast Battlers because I know there's a lot of them, and uh, most of them all want to win that one for sure. The the hometown folks, but um, so that's awesome. I mean, you yeah, you already have. You're already set to go to Japan. I mean, that's got to be a really relieving feeling as well. Um, have you been to Japan before? No, first time. I've never been to Asia. I've never been like that far east. Gotcha. Uh, but you have yeah. the passport ready though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. 
Yeah, that's most. I mean, I've been to Greece, right? We talked about like, <laughs> I've been outside of the country before, so. Oh yes, yeah, sure, excited. sure, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I have as well. I just need to renew my passport last uh, this past season. I was like, I was like cutting it a little close for Germany. To be gotcha, honest. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talk about unite like in small segments during during the podcast sometimes, but I just want to mention at Worlds there were a lot of players and even whole teams that couldn't get to London because they had visa issues. So if you're listening to this and you qualify for Worlds, make sure to get all that handled because I mean, it'd be a terrible feeling to qualify and then have to like sit on the couch and watch instead. Mm-hmm. yeah most yeah. definitely yeah so that's awesome well i think um i can't remember if someone maybe someone asked or maybe you brought this up speedy what we think like stark is gonna do before worlds but i was just oh, thinking yeah. i was like i was like yeah. i feel like how stark's the kind of player to to not really ease up on the gas pedal even if yeah he's you said worlds, I- right yeah, paraphrasing. I think you said there is no chance that Stark takes three months off from battling or something like that. It's I just think like, I said I transfer my Bastion if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so, you, all right. so to that point, Alex, you're probably going to keep on, you know, staying in shape, right? You're going to scrim against your teammates like Hoff and you're, you know, you might go to a couple of regionals and get involved, but you're not taking any time off, are you? I mean, now that Caleb has that on the line, I might. <laughs> I think it's a good idea for me to just take three months off right now. Look, and, uh, look I'm Caleb Payne. I always got a backup plan. The fun fact is I got two Bastiodons, right? Uh, <laughs> I could also evolve a shield on and transfer that too. <laughs> you know, it don't have to be my main Bastiodon. True, true. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. If, if you do take the three months off, I will, I will honor it. I will honor it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, speaking to the regionals, Alex, do you have any insights for players that might be getting ready for another regional? Do you think, uh, let, let me ask you this in particular, is there a key Pokemon? Like you picked Noctowl. I thought that was a really nice pick. Is there a key Pokemon that you expect to start showing up over the next few weeks? Uh, man, uh, if I had to pick one, I think Shadow Walrine seems like a really good pick. Because um, ah, a lot spicy. of people didn't expect Walrein at all. Uh, and they might be, you know, pretty weak to that because it's it's a Pokemon that can beat obviously Altaria. It can beat Trevenant in the two shields. It can beat, you know, Galarian Stunfisk if you land the Earthquake. Like it has, and it's playing in some of the top meta picks that we've seen, you know, in the finals, in the, uh, you know, winners finals, losers like top eight picks. I think it's a really really solid Pokemon that uh, I think has been undervalued now because of the nerf, but it might, you know, see a, an uptick in the coming regionals. Yeah, I like that prediction. I mean, we have one coming up this this weekend uh, in Illinois, so that'll be well. We'll see. Maybe some people listen to this podcast are going to take your advice on that too. Um, so maybe maybe it'll come to fruition as well. Um, I I believe Speedy too also did a YouTube video covering your your sweep, or is that is that TBD? Yeah, that's that's correct. So I I messaged Alex and I asked him if I could grab his battles from the stream from the VOD and uh, cover them and just not like a traditional cast like this is play by play but kind of like trying to get into his mind about what he was thinking with each of the lineups because again show six is so different from blind GBL and I think I've asked you this before Alex but I just wanted to ask again how how accurate was it I mean is is the video like total trash or, or do you think I, may, I had a couple of insights or or what do you think I think you had a ton of really good insights uh, I think you must be tired from running through my head all day um, but <laughs> Uh, no, it was, it was like really, it was really solid. I thought, I thought it had like some really good points in there. Something that I, some stuff that I hadn't even thought of, 
so I, I think it's definitely worth watching if you want to get like some insights into, you know, kind of my approach and, and my uh, play style. Well, yeah. I remember messaging you, uh, Stark, and you said, "Yeah, I think you got it. I think you got most things right. It was pretty black and white." But when I was watching back the battles, I was like, "Holy crap! This is genius. This is not like black and white to me. This is mind blowing." You know? <laughs> yeah, I saw you say swap the knockout quite a bit too into so many G Fist users, but it actually looked really solid too because mm -hmm. you could do quite a bit of damage to the shadow balls, and they're not going to much shot you down or anything, right? So they had to drop a lot of their NG as well. Right, so I, I use that quite a bit because of, um, <laughs> it's funny, I faced uh, Onion Frank, and once that worked against Onion Frank, right, I was able to shield once, and then his G-Fist didn't shield. I was able to double Shadow Ball and KO with, like, a couple wing attacks. Um, but wow. against Elam, I tried that, and it didn't work. And I was, like, trying to figure it out. And I think Elam just has, like, a really good ranked Galarian Stunfisk, and it has mm -hmm. some kind of breakpoint against Noctowl. So I think check your G-Fist, check the breakpoints against Noctowl, and see if you can win that matchup. Yeah, make sure your defense is swagged out for your regional competition. Yeah, that's a that's a whole YouTube video Ryan Swag can make on Noctowl versus Defense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh interesting. Yeah, because I I noticed Elam shielding the the Fist a lot too uh, against yeah. Noctowl, which is like you're like what? It's like why would you do that? But um, Elam probably studying some of the matchups too. Did you, I know he's your teammate as well? I assume you probably didn't scrim with him because he he was also going to Baltimore. Or were, are are you the kind of person like? I don't care who I scream with. I'm still going to beat you, right? If you're going to be at the same tournament. Uh, yeah, I didn't scream with him, but that is my approach. I I, I practice with anyone uh, at any time. Like, I don't care if we're going to the same tournament. Like, at least I'll get a read on kind of what the what I should expect in the tournament and kind of like the meta and stuff like that. So Yeah, that's a cool approach. I like that. Um, I'm more of a... I'm going to scream with people that aren't going to be there and then turns out mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter. <laughs> like... My my secret sauce is not as good of a sauce as I thought it was, but um, but yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one quick question too, because I see this a lot. What is Growlithe your favorite Pokemon, or like what's what's the deal with that? I remember you mentioned that Greece at Greece, you when the first Pokemon you caught was a Growlithe as well. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I just I really like Growlithe. I like Arcanine quite a bit. I think those two Pokemon just like resonated with me. Uh, kind of adds to like the vibe of how Stark. But uh, also just like playing through the games, I think Arcanine is one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. Um, it just—it's a really good Pokemon. It's one of the few like bulky fire types. Mm -hmm. Also gets like Intimidate. It's like a really really solid offensive, but also defensive option. It's very flexible. It has like so many different avenues you can you can go around with it. And I think I, that's kind of the kind of Pokemon I really like is Pokemon that can do a lot of things, and they're not you know. They're not like a Bastion, where it's like, okay, I'm good at one thing and one thing only, and that's like bulk and taking down flying types and bring just like a, a tank, right? I like the Pokemon that are like Trevenant or like G-Fisk, right? They have coverage against a wide variety of Pokemon, and they can do a lot of stuff. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. You know, I, I disagree on the Bastion part, but I, I agree with that. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that seemed targeted. I, well, Caleb would tell you that Bastion just beats up so many other neutral Pokemon that it's multi-dimensional. That's what uh, he would say. I've been way too many Swampers for people's liking, but they <laughs> they only post the GGs when they beat me, not when I beat them with the Bastion. So yeah, you know, it, it'd be like that sometimes. Um, so I know you're you're a listener to our podcast, so this segment is not unfamiliar to you stark but um for those that don't know we have a what's the tea segment where we talk about you know some maybe controversial topics or things to ponder or for 
up to debate as well. So you're a part of our podcast and a guest for this episode. So you, we welcome you to be a part of the segment as well. We actually have two tea segments this week. We'll start with the first one because we're talking about play Pokemon as well and team building everything. And so this is something that we kind of hinted at last week. Um, Speedy actually brought up if you want to actually ask a question, Speedy. Yeah, of course. So uh, as you know, Pokemon Go has entered the play Pokemon competitive circuit. Uh, we saw this a little bit in Sylph, but we're going to see it more and more as new Pokemon get added. Uh, the question becomes, should Pokemon be banned at regional events? And of course, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Buzzwall when it came out. And now we have Toxapex coming out pretty soon. And other games have their own approaches, like the trading card game. I think there's a two week buffer. Uh, it might be different depending on the situation. But Honestly, Alex, uh, my opinion on the last episode was that I say bring it on. I, I say if you get a Pokemon that's strong, every Pokemon has a weakness and you might have to adjust a little bit, but I don't know that they should be banned outright for long stretches. I think there might be like a short-term ban and then just bring them on and let us compete. Uh, do you have the same opinion or do you think that accessibility is a bigger issue in Pokemon Go than it is in the other titles? I think I think you're right. Uh, I think the accessibility part definitely comes into play here right because i think what toxpec is coming out wednesday thursday sometime this week uh or maybe it's tomorrow i i i don't remember i don't know when the events start that's that's why i listen to you guys um but <laughs> we barely know either <laughs> <laughs> but it's um like if a tournament is on saturday and you have like five days to catch a pokemon get the candy you want get the iv spreads you want learn this matchups like i feel i feel like that's a little bit too much to ask for people that are competing you know to maybe for maybe their only tournament that they can do for the entire play Pokemon cycle. I don't think it's right to, to ask them to do all of that. But at the end of the day, you know, I was one of those people that brought ProPass to regionals when it came out the day before. So I don't really know the answer to that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wasn't a ban on ProPass. So you pretty much have to, right? Cause it, it was able to beat uh, both, I think Melmetal and Bastion uh, because there was no XL Bastion back then. And uh, Melmetal didn't have superpower. So you yeah. have like pretty much the best steel type out of nowhere. Right. Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's 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 interesting too what are your thoughts on the speed before i read some of the feedback from some of our audience members no 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 i mean i i know alex uh took a pretty diplomatic approach there as well and and i didn't consider the point you just made because uh you know these regionals are physical locations maybe you don't have the means to travel to a bunch of them maybe the only one you're going to is peoria maybe the only one you're going to is salt lake city and just just for that factor alone i think you actually make a really good point uh if people are preparing for that if that's what they've you know set their hearts towards i think it's tough for uh for you know the accessibility issue to be something that holds them back from competing on a level playing field so i actually understand your point that's not something i considered I mean, I think like the Buzzwool thing is like particularly, you know, tough, right? For like worlds, because I want to say Buzzwool is like broken, right? Thing, but if it if it was like even a better fighter, like it, it's actually a pretty solid fighter. Maybe not mm -hmm. the best of best, but it's, it's fairly strong. You could definitely make it, you know. I mean, we saw Lucario in top eight of NAIC, right? So like, if a Lucario yeah. can make it, a Buzzwool can definitely make it too. Um, but I think those are interesting bands as well. So uh, some of our listeners, so Twastel mentioned, uh, he wanted to share a few points on the topic. He said, I don't think new releases should be banned for an entire season, but I also don't think new mons, uh, new Pokemon should be allowed immediately. Um, I heard TCG requires two weeks after a new set is released before it's eligible for use in tournaments. And when I feel I would like to see Go have something similar. I think somewhere around a two to four week range is reasonable. 
Um, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. And he also said, do you think harder to obtain Pokemon should be treated differently? Like how would the Galarian birds be handled or egg only Pokemon like Salazzle or something like a Tapu Fini, Cresselia, Lugia that have to be rerolled or like when the Lake Trio were only like in the wilds, which actually <laughs> speaking of which I know there's like a, a lot of memes going around, but House Stark has crazy luck and he actually saw Lake Trio in person, like a random in the wild, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, one of my locals called that one out, and uh, I just like I was already out like driving, uh-huh. and I got the notification on Discord. I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely going to that." Yeah, and it was like yeah. right down the street from my house. It was crazy. Wow, well, that's a special trophy for sure. Um, but uh, someone else responded. Bubelli said, uh, "How would you consider C- uh, community moves? What slash should those Pokemon get the same treatment?" I'm not sure if banning certain moves could be on the table as well. And then Tosso responded, "Oh, that's a really good point." Um, you know, any exclusive move for that matter is worth considering too, especially since sometimes it takes a while for exclusive moves to be added to a lead TM pool. I think these are interesting points, and I do like the approach. So one of the things I didn't really like, um, but this is also might be like, there might be more things going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of, is when we were when we were leading up to Worlds this past season, there were just months and months without any updates, right? For movesets and stuff. Once, like, we, we saw Raquinic get released, but, like, that wasn't really a moveset update. That was just one new Pokemon that was, like, semi-viable. But I, besides that, nothing else was really viable. Uh, maybe a Sneasler, maybe, um, that's allowed in Worlds. And I know, like, Niantic was saying, you know, we're waiting until the Play Pokemon season wraps up before we make any substantial moveset changes. And... I, I don't personally love that approach either because like that could just drag out for months and months, which is what we saw this past season. And, you know, now that we have another play Pokemon season, you know, where, where do they draw the line? They just don't drop anything new for like until, until next year after Japan, like there's no way. Right. So they got to drop mm-hmm. stuff. So we got stuff like Toxapex now, which uh, are, are coming soon. Right. Which obviously should shake up the meta. And there's no, there's no word of any potential bans on Toxapex. So my guess is we're going to see in Peoria, maybe I, I, there's going to be at least someone that brings it, maybe multiple people. Um, mm. I I think the two week ban could be interesting, but at the same time, yeah. if it's widely accessible, it's not something like a buzzwell and like, you know, it's not the most expensive investment. Like you could just catch one and throw some rare candies and you'll be fine, or you could catch up on trick because they're spawning during the event. Uh, I like I like the concept of saying like you know if you're if you're the if you're trying to be the best of the best you can handle a meta shift last minute right mm-hmm. you can make it happen. I also think this is like a dream of mine. I feel like a lot of people won't like this. Is you show up to a tournament and they tell you what the meta is and you have like an hour to team build. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's a little bit almost like Twitch rivals, except I, yeah. I guess like I prepped a little bit the night before, but like I think a lot of people didn't right. They just built the team. Uh, in like mm-hmm. the 30 minutes they gave us, right? But I think that's like really cool. Or, like give you a pool of Pokemon you could choose from and you build the team and you have to use it. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. I think that that would be a really cool concept. I know preparation and scrims and all that stuff add a lot to this, but I think like an open like, like, or sorry, not open, but like a, a very specific like draft or like build your mm-hmm. team build right on the spot format could be super interesting as well. I don't know what y'all think. Yeah, I think that. Alex is is, is uh, deep in thought. He's already thinking about how to win. He's like, oh, how do I win that? that no, right? I think I think that's a cool idea. Uh, I think we did stuff like that in um, 
in Seattle, right? Uh, I believe it was like Jengles came up with a team idea or a meta idea of like, you can only use psychic flying and water type Pokemon. And we just kind of like built a meta around that. Uh, and then did like a, a team tournament or not a team tournament, like a house house tournament. It was like a three rounder or mm-hmm. something like that. It was like a, a lot of fun. Um, and we do like, obviously like ADL does like drafts. And I think those are really fun too. Uh, I don't, I think the competitive, like the play Pokemon circuit, like they have their own ideas of like what should be, you know, the, the tournaments that they, that they produce. Um, and I think like, you know, you can have like your own like grassroots tournaments uh, kind of do their own thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I, I think it's my dream is unlikely to happen on official play Pokemon circuit. Um, it could it could be one potential avenue for them to have rental teams because if they do like set a meta be like you can only use these like thirty Pokemon. What if you don't have half of them, right? Then you're you're kind of out of luck. So, but if they have rental teams and stuff, and like everyone has access to those thirty Pokemon, um, which I thought that's why Twitch was so cool because like they literally allowed everyone to catch all the Pokemon eligible in the meta, right? In the hour we're supposed to catch, uh, which is kind of a cool concept. So. Okay, I mean, it seems like we're going to have some talks specs next week, so we'll be excited to see it. Um, I'm sure Alex is feeling pretty co- comfortable. We'll be like, well, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I'm very, I'm very good. So we'll see what happens. But uh, have good luck. Um, yeah, I mean, talk specs. Is, it seems like on paper it looks very, very strong, mm-hmm. uh, even with its move set of like uh, Brine and Sludge Wave as like its yeah. its best charge moves. Like Brine is one of the worst charge moves in the game, but you know, uh, Toxic is going to make it work. Like it can two shot. I believe it can two shot a Shadow Nidor Queen. With it's like it looks. It just looks disgusting uh, on paper. So we'll see how it works in in uh, in reality. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where like, oh yeah, Galarian stuff is beats it really hard. But like, you can't much shot it down. It's so bulky. You still have to throw your energy at it. So like, it's yeah. not. You're coming away with like. I mean, you know, it's people could be like, oh, it's so good. Like it's so good against it. I mean, Galarian Stealth is so good against Altaria, and it's, and Altaria is still meta relevant, right? Like, it's still a monster. So, um, you know, Toxic at least has some moves to throw back at it. So that'll be interesting. I, I would be very curious to see if we see more Reggie Seals potentially as well. Um, yeah. But it seems like Galarian Stealth can also just handle the job itself. So uh, mm. maybe maybe Reggie Seals not so necessary. But I, I will say, like, be thankful this isn't the main series games where Toxpix can switch out and regenerate a third of its health. What? That's, that's its ability. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's super strong. It's super strong. Uh, it's very bulky. It doesn't have the offensive output that you would like, but it does. It does. Uh, it can tank like any move. Uh, you so. know, now that you bring up the main series game, too, I was, I was going to ask. Uh, my guess is you're probably going to say yes, this, but are you going to play Scarlet slash Violet? Yeah, I think I have to. It looks they look really like like really fun games. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like a new concept of like open world. You can choose your own path. Mm-hmm. It looks great. It looks great. My second so, question, yeah, go ahead. Oh, is now that you qualify for Pokemon Go for Worlds? Yes. This, well, this we're thinking, yeah, yeah, we're thinking the same thing. Are Are you thinking about maybe competing in VGC or something? Um, you know, for for or maybe even TCG or something for future regionals? Because hey, you're, if you're going to already go to regionals, why not just try your hand at a different game, right? Because you don't really have to play Poco anymore. I mean, I would love to. Listen, I would love to be able to compete with some of the best like VGC players in the world. I don't think TCG I have a shot. Yeah. Because uh, I have like no cards. But like VGC, I could I can understand I could play. I could play, but I would get wrecked. It would be like I I don't want to yeah. But it would be like if a, a Go player that has like very little experience, you know, came to a, a Pokemon Go tournament 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's kind of similar to that. Like, I think I could do okay, but there's no shot I could win the whole thing, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, we we have some time to prep, right? Because it drops in November, and they don't have any, they won't have any regionals until January for um, VGC. So it'll it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I would love to give it a shot too, but yeah, it's it's not easy coming into a new game with minimal knowledge compared to those I've been playing for years and years, like decades, pretty much. Yeah, and like the opportunity cost of of you know learning a whole new game and trying to get like really good at it versus you know refining my skills for Pokemon Go between now and Japan, so like I can you know adapt to the new metas, like talk specs, whatever else comes out in the meantime, and try to like figure out how to how to play around that stuff. Like it's it's super difficult to try to uh, change games in the middle of a season, in my opinion. But I'll I mean I could try it if if enough people like really wanted me to. Well, here I don't know if you heard that, Speedy, but this man's still refining his PvP skills for Pokemon Go. So looks like I'm keeping yeah. that Bastion for the near future. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Good luck to everyone else, right? If if House Stark gets better, I think we're all in, in danger. <laughs> I'm not because I'm not going to be going to Worlds of Face Up, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> um, all right. So the second T, uh, and this is, man, uh, I I'm yeah. I don't I don't know if House Target seen it. I'm sure he has. He hasn't engaged in it himself, but I'm sure he's seen it. And I know you've probably seen it too, Speedy. Uh, my notifications are still blowing up right now. Um, yeah. It was uh it was brought as a suggestion, uh, from Ken from the Lord Up podcast to bring back the walking requirement for Go Battle League. I believe it was five kilometers per set. Am I correct? Five, yeah, five kilometers I think per you're set. correct. Yeah, and you could bank up to two sets, I think. Um, uh-huh. I think you get one set for free. So if you walk like five kilometers a day, you get at least 10 battles. But you yeah. need to walk it- like 20 kilometers a day to get the full 25. And for a lot of people, like this is this is an artifact, right? Like this has not been in place since before the pandemic started, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah. So some people don't for, really because we only had we only had uh, maybe like two and a half, three months of this max where you yes. had to walk for it because then eventually they rolled back. The pandemic started, and there's no way we could do that. Um, and they kept it. So uh, I don't want to freak anyone out. Niantic has publicly stated that indefinitely they're removing the walking requirement is not coming back right even though the yes. pandem- pandemic's not as uh bad as it was during 2020 uh they publicly stated time. multiple times like i think at least two or three press releases they've said it mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's been a hot topic on twitter like you said caleb notifications blowing up i've had a good time reading through the comments i've had some <laughs>, laughs right there's a lot of uh a lot of slamming going on in both directions um, but I'm curious, uh, how Stark, I mean, you're such a neutral guy. I mean, does this make you, does this make you angry? Does, does this make you excited? Are you like, come on, man, what are you talking about? How do you feel? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't think it's coming back and I'm, I'm, you know, there's multiple reasons for it should, that why it shouldn't come back. I mean, I can understand like, you know, oh yeah, we should walk around more, right? It's, it's healthy. It's, it's good for the game. You know, you're exploring all that jazz. Um, but at the end of the day, like it would ruin streaming number one. I think it's like the biggest thing in my in my opinion, right? Because imagine you have like a set, you're streaming, you do a set, you finish your set, you're like, okay, uh, see you guys in like an hour or two. Like it it just wouldn't it doesn't <laughs> flow with the game. It doesn't make, it doesn't make the game fun in that aspect. Uh, yeah. 
Yo, uh, Starstream's going to be even after After Dark <laughs> with Stark. <laughs> yeah, right? He's going to start at 10 and just leave for an hour and come back at midnight. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like five games, five games, and then one hour of Twitch ads, and then five <laughs> games. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make up that fifty percent cut for some somehow, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, um, that, would, that would be another good tea subject as well. Oh my goodness! Oh yes, we sure can. We sure can. You know, and this is an interesting point that someone brought up on my thread. I've been reading every one of the comments, so I haven't really missed any, uh, to my knowledge. But one person said, um, to to someone that was advocating for the walking, right? And they said pretty much what Stark was saying, like it just kills streaming as well, and. The person said, you know, like, regardless of how you feel about streamers that stream GBL and stuff or PvP, um, like, you have to credit them for helping grow that aspect of the game, right? Because people will see it and they'll be excited to play themselves, right? Or it's just mm -hmm. like when people were watching Worlds or some of these regionals, they see, you know, they might see Stark win or something or do something impressive. Like, man, I want to try out that Knocked Out too, or I want to play now. Or I want to see if I can win a shot, right? It inspires you. It gets people excited. If you cut, if you have walking requirements you shorten the amount of time people are streaming these or people might just stop streaming in general the less people stream a game the less excited the fan base of any game or or the potential for bringing more people into the aspect game there will be mm -hmm. right so i think one really good example of this is actually among us uh, when among us was really big in 2020 and 2021 um you know it was it was huge and part of it was because all these big name streamers are streaming this game Regardless if you like the game or not, it like caught on fire, right? For a lot of people, and eventually, a lot of the big streamers stopped streaming it. You know, they decided to play other games. They they just grew bored of it, or they're just like, oh, we really did everything we could. We just want to play something else. And I guarantee you, that game, like for the amount of people playing Among Us, dropped plummeted probably after that. Yeah. You know, it's not like the game got worse. It was just there wasn't. It's free advertising whenever you have a streamer playing a game because they're f marketing your game for free to audiences thousands and hundreds of thousands of audiences every day and if you have go bad league sets cut like to less than half of that per day it's just i don't know yeah. it's it's it, gonna it's gonna kill it's gonna kill the game in two ways right one you just can't battle as much and two you're just not getting more people interested in it because there's not content on it exactly no no Caleb, you made some really great points and i know we've had stark for a little while so i'll run through i'll run through these uh relatively quickly so one of the things that has bothered me a little bit recently is that uh i've been following more and more pokemon unite and they're able to just play one match you know a match is 10 minutes and guess what for your youtube video to get monetized it has to be at least 10 minutes long oh, so essentially it's so nice <laughs> it's so nice right and as a unite creator you can play one game upload that video directly from your stream or, or whatever, right? And you can showcase a single Pokemon, a single moveset, a single item build, whatever, and that's content, right? So these uh, Pokemon Unite streamers are able to make multiple videos. I'm talking like at least a video a day, may maybe two or three videos a day if they really wanted to. But for Pokemon Go, we're very bottlenecked in terms of what we can actually make. So if we cut that content even further, just like you said, Caleb, if there's no content, if there's no resources for something, then it's very hard for people to get involved. And the second point I want to make is that uh, to your first point, Caleb, people still have to go out and get these resources. You can't just sit at your house and just catch a Noctowl, right? It doesn't work that way. You have to go out, catch the Hoot Hoots, hunt for IVs, get Stardust, get the TMs. You have to go out and actively pursue these resources. So I feel like 
that there's enough of a balance, enough of a mix to where it just makes no sense to, to reinstate the walking requirement. I just feel like it's silly, right? Because again, the mission of Niantic is to get out and explore. And yeah, we're doing that for two hours a day. We're playing our battles. Maybe we're sitting on the couch. Maybe we're, you know, stationary somewhere for a couple of hours, but all that time, effort, and energy that went into getting those Pokemon to fight with, that is our meaningful transaction, right? That That is our contribution to Niantic's mission. And even further than that, I actually haven't told you, Caleb, or Stark about this, but I'm, I'm working on a report uh, just detailing why Pokemon Go as an eSport is the first of its kind, and it's an inherently unique game because it's a mix of physical real world interactions and esports. I mean, there's no other game, right? If you look at any of the FPS games, if you look at Among Us, any esport game, there's no uh, situation where you're not kind of tethered to a computer, a console, a controller, a keyboard, and you just sit there and you perform everything on that that device. Pokemon Go is inherently different because you're out in physical locations, gathering resources, and then you meet at, a, at an in-person place and you're tethered to a device in order to battle. So it's like a it's like a mix. And I think the opportunity for an AR esport like Pokemon Go just cannot be understated. And if Niantic plays their hand well and correctly, they could pave the way for a whole new world of AR location-based esports. Just imagine like just imagine you're playing another game. Maybe you're playing, uh, I don't know, Call of Duty, and you have to go to Belgium in order to get a unique item, a unique skin, unique whatever. Those players are going to travel the real world and actually contribute to tourism, to uh, exploration, and all kinds of things in order to have something unique in the game that they play. And I think that could be a whole new uh, avenue of esports. Yeah, they, I mean, they had a tsunami in Japan a couple years ago, and I, re- I remember they had Lapras spawning in the wild to help increase tourism, to help recoup some of the damages. Uh, exactly. That was, what, in 20, like, I don't remember when that was, 2018, 2017? Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, again, there's like, there's already a lot of real-life impacts from the game, and I, I don't know, like, I mean, we can ask Stark, too, because he's a very seasoned battler, too, like, there's never a day where you're like, I don't need that Stardust. I don't need to go catch Pokemon in the wild. Like you're, like I feel like po- people that play PP are some of the hardest grinders of the game outside of PP because mm-hmm. you need so much resources to make random Pokemon that you might just use like for one week in your life and never use again. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I, I mean, I have I have so many things that I would love to make to be able to battle for both Ultra you know, great league, master league, you know, certain different cups like weather cup that just came out. Like I would love to be able to do all this stuff, but it's impossible. But I think back to um, both of you guys' point, it's like the innate nature of the game is to go out and explore and and go walking and go adventuring and go, you know, do out and do, do your thing. Right. And catch Pokemon and, you know, utilize those resources that you're getting along the way, whether you're hatching eggs, raiding, just catching, walking around, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. You're getting, you're gathering resources, and then you come into to that place, right? And then you use those resources in order to battle and and progress through the, through the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least that's the yeah. way I look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes people just make posts just to stir the pot and just to create interactions and impressions and whatever. And it's just like, man, sometimes it's just a waste of time. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Speedy Chief. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like some things are already settled 
but people like to bring them up for debate just because it gets people riled up. But Stark, you you weren't kidding, man. You're very stoic, very much like the House Stark family. I mean, I didn't I didn't hear you scream or yell or curse or anything. I mean, we that's after the podcast, right? Mm, okay, true, sure, sure. true. We got a yeah. That's when the real debauchery starts. But um. <laughs> anyway uh yeah so i think i mean obviously i think all of us are in in agreement with not bringing back the walking requirements you know like here's a here's the thing also right like people like well it was like it should be part of the game as part of the values right like like you know it was also an aspect of the game before the pandemic like true but before that, even there was no GBL, so there was no walking requirement. But you can still walk around, and play the game. Right? It's not like the game did not exist, and people like people weren't walking outside because there was no GBL walking requirement. Like you know, there's like I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to need motivation on too. But it's it's also like the remote raids weren't around, right? So raids weren't around. Do you get rid of those too? You get rid of, yeah. Well, raids you, raids in general were not even around, so you might as well get rid of that as well. <laughs> you know, like wh- why not walk the whole? Why stand there for five minutes? Right, you should keep moving. Right, there's no need to stand for five minutes to catch one Pokemon. Right, like we got we got keep grinding. But anyway, obviously we're we're mostly being sarcastic here too. But um, it oh, it yeah, was I mean, a, we, it was an interesting debate to say the least. Yeah, we, we could we could continue backtracking, right? We we could we could really kind of take us back to the Stone Age if we really wanted to, but like you said, it's all sarcasm at this point. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um you know, and also like regards how people feel about DFIT and rockers and stuff. If you don't know what that is, then don't worry about it. But you know, it's it's gonna be DFIT Rocker Heaven if they bring back walking for a GBL. So um Everyone's going to be a walk star soon whenever they raid in the future. <laughs> um, no, I'm not, I'm not advocating for that. Anything. I'm just saying these are, these are yeah. potential consequences. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting tea for sure. We will see how the talk specs one um, shakes up for this upcoming weekend for sure. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for joining Stark. Like you know, we've talked about for an hour and a half already. So thank you for spending the time with us. Is there anything we didn't get to cover that you'd like to share, or you know, maybe your future plans uh, moving forward besides just you know constantly on that grind and um, trying to make it to GBLA? I feel like that's the one missing piece um, in your career. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll keep going as long as as long as there's things to do. I'll I'll keep going. Uh, I don't have like one specific thing that I really want to to accomplish. I think uh, besides worlds, mm-hmm. I think winning worlds would be like the the next step. So uh, anything along the way, it seems like like a bonus. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, where can people find you for those that don't know how to find you? Yeah, sure. I'm on uh, Twitch.tv backslash HouseStark93. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Twitter as well at HouseStark underscore 93. Someone took the HouseStark 93 already? Yeah, uh, must have been must have been one of those uh, those people that love that love HouseStark as well, which I can't be mad at. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you're 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 probably born the same year as this guy too. So <laughs> let me. Oh wait, yeah, there, it looks like um, oh that account looks inactive too. That's the crazy part. They joined April 17, 2017 and only follow seven people. And they seem to be a foodie. They follow Bon Appetit, uh, Martha Stewart, Food and Wine, Gordon Ramsay, 
also a Coldplay fan and uh, Lord fan. So, anyway, maybe you should hit him up to see if you could buy that um, handle from them or get it from them. Who knows? We'll see. It's it's on the menu, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hit up Ali Cohn. That's the person with it. Um. Anyway, uh, thank you all for joining in. We do have one little tidbit facts uh to announce as well in closing do you want to do you want to mention that part speedy yeah of course so if you follow caleb or myself on twitter you might have seen us post some pictures recently of some new gear um we might be looking at a merch release pretty soon and again anything that uh comes from the sales of the merch goes right back into the podcast to improve equipment or to uh, improve the show maybe, you know, get uh, sponsorship deals or get new guests on, whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you love the Battle Cats podcast and you want to rep us out at uh, your community day or at GoFest or wherever you might go to a regional, perhaps, uh, then we uh, might have some gear for you pretty soon. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, if we could like bring the, like, because you could always, we'll probably, we'll make it so that you could buy the merch online, but that'd be cool if we like travel around with some of the merch as well and just sell in person. That'd be kind of cool too. Oh, um, heck yeah. 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 So great. Yeah, that'd be a good time. Um, you know, you said sponsors, and this reminds me too. You know what would be a great sponsor for the future for the Bowcats podcast? Who? Dollar Shave Club. No, dude. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay, you're you're uh, honestly, Caleb, I think you're getting just a couple steps ahead of yourself. Let's just see how the season goes. Dude, you know, they would love to sponsor us. They you shave a full beard with their razors. You know, you know it's a good razor, but you know we'll see, we'll see. I, I, I want to, you know, I, I'm rooting for you to win it. But if you go beardless, you go beardless. You know, it's gonna be great content. It's good content either way. <laughs> it is, it is. The best part is we're dragging this content out in this be- out till December first, or unless you hit it before then, right? Just to see if you mm-hmm. you make it. But uh, you know, you heard it from Stark. It's not easy to hit top ten in the leaderboards, so. Yeah, gotta, Stark. After your after this call, teach me how to run your team. Yeah, yeah, you got. Oh, I got you. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again uh, to everyone for joining on episode 66. Thank you, How Stark, as well for taking the time to chat and be a part of it. Glad we could have you on. And until next time, uh, we'll catch you in a future episode after the Peoria Regionals. Um, also, real quick, any predictions out of uh, the three of us? Predictions on how many people in the top eight have a Toxapex on their team? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one. You're gonna say Ooh. one? Oh, yeah. okay. What about I'm gonna you? say three. You're gonna say three? Yeah, almost half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'll, I'll go a little different. I'll go. I'll go two. I'll go two. Yeah. Two. Okay. We'll switch it up. We'll do two. If you're listening, feel free to drop your predictions down below in the tweet uh, promoting this podcast. We'll see who gets it right. We'll, you get a little special shout out if you get it right. Um, you get an extra spe- special shout out if you get it right and you're one of the people using the Toxapex. <laughs> the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we'll catch y'all next time. Thanks for joining. In.